Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today, I want to give a heartfelt thank you to ALK for sponsoring FACT's Roundtable podcast. The holidays are here and we're just absolutely thrilled, but sometimes when you're living with food allergies, the stress and anxiety of staying safe during celebrations and exciting times can get a little tough, but never fear, FACT is here with a pro to explore a few tools and tips to help you get your family ready to manage the holiday safely so you can focus on those who you love. We're sitting down with FACT's Director of Behavioral Health and Nationally Certified School Psychologist Emery Brown to discover solutions, tips, and tricks so you can create the best of holidays. Welcome, Emery, back to FACT's Roundtable podcast. As you know, we love having you. We love the expertise and information you bring us. So big welcome to you today. Thank you, Caroline. It's good to be back. Well, we're very happy to have you back. It's been a while since we've last chatted, so let's get new listeners up to speed on your background. Can you share a little bit of your professional background with our new listeners and then also how you became a part of our food allergy community? So I'm FACTS Director of Behavioral Health, and I'm also a school psychologist. I work in a district that serves primarily preschool through sixth grade students. I've also been part of the FACT family for over a decade. I started in uh, Camp Tag as a teen counselor in 2010 when it first started at the New Jersey location. As a teen counselor, I'd been to teen retreats, I've spoken at teen retreats, and then eventually I transitioned onto staff. I also have food allergies myself. I'm allergic to all dairy, peanuts, fish, and seeds. And my sibling also has food allergies as well as my cousins on both sides. So you can say that we are a classic food allergy family. I love that. A classic food allergy family. I'm going to use that term. I really like that. I think that's what my family is too, actually. It is. (laughs) Love it. All right. So let's dive right into talking about what kinds of stress usually pops up during the holidays. That's a good question. And I think we all know that stress pops up at the holidays. It's something that we all feel, but not something that we all talk about. And it affects different people to different degrees. So one of the stressors that comes up, what I think of first at least, is financial stressors. So overspending our gifts or trying to keep everyone happy, heightened tensions about being in groups. More people than you would think suffer with social anxieties. So the idea of being in groups, not only among family, but friends, work parties, there's a lot more social activities that start to pop up during the holidays. Physical exhaustion can actually be a stressor. Holiday-related errands, having to make the gingerbread cookies, the gingerbread houses, the shopping, again, the parties, still working. You know, there's a lot more activities that we're doing, potentially night after night. You want to go see a light show or 
you know, again, Christmas is not the only holiday that's coming up. There's Hanukkah, there's Kwanzaa. Many families, again, for those new listeners, I'm from a Christian and Jewish family. So I celebrate Hanukkah and I celebrate Christmas. There's a lot of holiday parties associated with Hanukkah too. Some families do something for each of the eight nights, right? Cumulating with a big thing. So we're going to a lot more, a lot more activities. If you have children, your children might be wanting to engage in a lot more activities. The schools might be hosting different parties and after school events. Again, the school that I work at has after school events during the month of December. Actually, on our school calendar this year, Caroline, we had an event every single day through the month of December. Whether it was wear a light necklace day, wear wear a holiday hat day, wear a holiday sweater day, wear green day, wear blue day. We had a theme day December 1st through December 23rd when that was our last day of school before holiday break. So if it's at the school I work at, I'm sure that some of our listeners can relate to that experience. I can say that as a parent right now gives me anxiety just thinking about that. Oh my goodness. Exactly. So that in itself can be another stress. And then the last, uh, there's two last points of stress. One, we have the stress that we put on ourselves. You know, can good be good enough? And as we gear up for the holidays, a lot of us at least put impossibly high standards on ourselves. And when those expectations aren't necessarily met, we feel upset and that can worsen stress or even lead into anxiety. And then the last stressor, which again is the main reason probably our listeners are tuning in today, there's food allergy related stress when it comes to the holidays. Again, I just mentioned the slew of extra events that we go to typically during the holidays. And a lot of them involve food. I mean, that's through the whole year, right? But specifically during the holiday, there's cookie exchanges, there's hot chocolate bars, there's charcuterie boards, right? There's all of these different events that we have that involve food. And for us that live with food allergies, and especially those of us that live with multiple food allergies, these aren't safe events. Or if we do go, we know, just like most events, we're prepped to not eat. But again, through the holidays, parties might last longer into the night. It might not just be a two-hour stop by. You might be coming over and expected to stay long into the night. So the stress of being prepared way in advance, eating before, bringing snacks too, can be an extra holiday stressor for our food allergy families. Definitely. And that's why I'm so happy we're having this conversation today because we need tips and tools because we want to have fun, but we got to be realistic too. Exactly. And so on that note of being realistic, do you anticipate any new stressors like based on where COVID-19 is or flu season and just, you know, typical things that happen in life during the winter? That's a great question. And, you know, I think we'll all land in different camps with this. Some people say, you know, we're still in the pandemic. Other people I've heard to refer to it as the post-pandemic era as we're trying to climb out and refer to normalcy. And no matter whatever way you look at it, COVID-19 still a threat is still looming out there. And it's largely changed the way that we celebrate. There are many Americans and people across the globe that still aren't comfortable gathering together. I know even within my own family, there are still family members not willing to get together or they're willing to get together with different stipulations. And that can cause tension and stress even in of itself because a lot of times family doesn't agree. Family is a wonderful thing. We can all agree on that. But there's a lot of people out there with a lot of strong opinions. I myself am one of them, you know? So when it comes to people that have strong opinions, we might not always see eye to eye and we might have different expectations when it comes to how we're handling the holiday, when it relates to sickness, 
So I think that we can anticipate that still our family gatherings might not look exactly as how they used to look. And the best thing that we can do to combat that is accept it. As I said earlier, we often impose the worst gestures upon ourselves. So this holiday, we have to think about what we want out of the holiday while still honoring others. I'm sure that many of our listeners can agree that family time is one of the most beautiful parts about the holiday season, even if it is also one of the most stressful parts. So we can still get what we want out of the holidays while honoring others and honoring our own personal boundaries that we set. So we all need to be thinking about in the age of COVID-19, while having food allergies, flu season, how does your family need to stay safe? What's your comfort level with the activities that you've been invited to or are hosting? That's such a powerful suggestion of getting that game plan. What do we want out of it? How do we keep safe? How do we go forward with this? Because I think sometimes we just roll right into one thing from the next, from the next, from the next. And I think that pausing and getting our heads around it and maybe making a plan as a family is going to be really powerful. Exactly. And that's actually been a positive that's come out of the pandemic. Many of us have thought deeply about what we want out of a holiday or an event and we felt more comfortable saying no. And now that many people are gathering again, we might feel that pressure that we used to have to say yes, but we can still say no. As we've talked about in past podcasts, that is a full sentence. And there are ways that we can think about, let's choose this here, choose that here. We'll stay for two hours, then we'll leave. There are a lot of different ways that you can swing a situation if you plan in advance. Can you help us better understand what is the difference between holiday stress and anxiety? How is an anxiety different? And then how can listeners approach these feelings of anxiety when they start to rise up? That's a great question. Stress and anxiety often are linked together. We talk about them together. We say, my stress and anxiety is really bad. And they are related together. Uh, Stress is how we react when we're under pressure. We feel threatened, very similar to anxiety. Stress can happen when we feel like we're in a situation we can't manage or control. A lot of holiday events. And when we experience stress, it can cause a physiological response. It can cause that increased heart rate, sweating, feeling sick, shifting our energy into that fight, flight, or freeze mode. Very similar to anxiety. Anxiety, though, is these symptoms on overdrive. So if your stress symptoms are causing physical problems, that they're lasting longer than two weeks, this intense stress level, if your stress is starting to affect your daily life, resulting in poor concentration, poor sleep, your appetite's disturbed, or you're having really, really negative thoughts, then this is likely turning more into anxiety than just a stress that we might have. All people experience stress. All people experience anxiety. It's when it becomes unmanageable. And it's extremely problematic because it can start to affect our body in really negative ways and, again, affect our life. You know, thank you for pointing that out, that we all get anxiety and we all have stress. Because I think sometimes these things hit and then we start to panic a little that something's really wrong. But this is actually really normal. 100%. And when we're approaching these different feelings, it's really great to reach out to your support group, whether that's your spouse, your friends, your parents and actually talk about the feelings. Again, especially during the holidays, we try to hide these feelings that we're having because we're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to feel the joy. We're supposed to be excited about light show after light show after light show. And if we're not, we think something's wrong with us. So we hide it, we bury it down. And oftentimes at that point, the physical symptoms will get worse. So when we're approaching it, 
talk about it. Talk about it openly and allow yourself the space to change, to make the changes that you need so that your stress and anxiety can decrease. Excellent advice. So staying focused on the holiday stress, do you have any extra tips that listeners can use to tackle the stress in a very healthy and productive way? You actually just gave a few tips right there. I do have a couple extra things to say about it. Again, the holiday stress is undeniable. It's going to happen if we can par our expectations to know that this is going to be a part of it. We'll end up being happier. But according to the American Psychological Association or the APA, almost half of all women, 44%, and a third of men, 31%, report increased stress around the holidays. So again, you're not alone in this. So what we can do to help? Schedule. Scheduling in your events, write it down on pen and paper or make a table in a Google document, but actually make a schedule, get it down on pen and paper so you can more confidently say no when you need to say no because you're already booked and you won't be running from one thing to another. Or you'll say to yourself, wow, I'm really overbooked. I need a day for rest. And you'll schedule that in too. Make sure that you're incorporating exercise and incorporate healthy foods that are obviously allergen free and safe for you. It's totally okay to indulge in the during the holidays, right? We all know that that's going to be part of it. Again, whatever's allergen-free for you, it's exciting to have a little extra treats. But we also know that food that doesn't carry all those nutrients affect our mental health and affect the way our body feels. So we can make sure that we're incorporating healthy foods during the holiday too, whether it's a pre-party snack or it's something that we bring to a party or eat for breakfast. As long as we're incorporating that in some part of our day, we're going to feel better off. And then lastly, write down your worries. There's something called scheduling worry time. If you're somebody that is an active worrier or you know has generalized anxiety, if you know anxiety is part of your life, write down your worries. Schedule time to look at your worries, think about the worries. And on the other side of that paper, write down possible solutions. And then you can either sit with yourself and some of the solutions can be silly, not realistic, and others can be. And you can look at them and say, This is what I can do to combat that worry, whether it's canceling a plan or going a little bit late to the party or staying shorter or cooking less food or turning your event into a potluck, whatever it might be. So you can reduce your worry or stress, whatever your stress or worry is about. And you can sit down with, again, a partner or a friend and look at a counselor and look at that worry list. Write your worries down. You can see them. Write the solutions. Rip them up if you feel like it or tuck it away so you can look at it at your next scheduled worry time. That is an amazing tip. You know, I'm going to tuck that one right into my back pocket to use. So now let's explore some immediate kind of situations where you're about to lose your cool or maybe you've even already lost it. And, and it really does happen to the best of us, no matter how calm of a person we are. So therefore, do you have any SOS tips for us? That's a great question. Again, We hope it doesn't happen, but we know that it does. Carl Rogers, the father of the humanistic psychology perspective, says the curious paradox is once I accept myself as I am, then I can change. So if we know that we're somebody that is more likely than not to lose our cool, and we accept that about ourselves, then we can make the steps to change. My most immediate suggestion would be take a break. If you see yourself losing your cool, step away from the situation in the moment It might feel cold or callous that you're just walking away, but it's going to prevent the hurt that could come from saying the wrong thing because you're overwhelmed by all the stress that your body's been taking on. 
Secondarily, if you've lost your cool, again, even if you calm person in general, don't be afraid to apologize. Apologies don't make us weak. They make us strong. And especially if this losing of cool has happened in front of your children, modeling apologies, modeling sincerity, modeling forgiveness, those are all wonderful things that you want to teach your child. And the best way that we can learn is from seeing and from doing. These are really solid tips because I think we sometimes get really hard on ourselves too when we lose it or we hit the end of the rope. And so we kind of start beating ourselves up. And I really like these tips that are not directed at beating ourselves up, but really directed at just being really positive. And I love the modeling. I forget about that. Exactly. And it's also important to model to our children that we're imperfect, that life's imperfect. It doesn't mean that life's not good, but... We say practice makes perfect, but imperfection takes practice too. And the more comfortable that you're eventually can become with being imperfect, the better off and happier you'll be long-term. Fantastic words of wisdom. Okay, so now going a little deeper into stress, we all have our favorite methods for reducing the stress. Mine is in my gratitude journal every day and doing short breathing exercises with just a little bit of a meditation. But what is your personally favorite stress-reducing technique? That's a great question, Caroline, and you hit on it perfectly that it's going to be different for all of us. Mine is actually taking a walk, and it doesn't matter the weather, except for the rain. I won't probably take a walk in the rain. But as we come to holiday season, the weather's getting colder in a lot of parts of the U.S. And it's still really important to get outside and to get your body moving. A lot of people also suffer, whether they know it or not, from seasonal affective disorder as light begins to decrease and the darkness uh, lasts a little bit longer. I know that the winter months, when it gets dark really earlier, certain effect, certainly affects me. So it's really important. I know from my own personality that I need to get outside, even though I'm just getting a 10 minute walk in. Once you find your favorite stress reducing technique, it can really be life changing. Once again, more sage words, but our time together is coming to an end. So before we wrap up today, is there something you'd like to share with listeners or more words of wisdom you have for us? Before we sign off, I'd like to circle back to your favorite stress reducing technique your gratitude journal. A lot of what we talked about today, positive in the sense that we need to accept our stress, but knowing that there's a looming sense of stress or there's a looming sense of anxiety can increase our anxiety and stress. So that's not what we want to do today. That's not the purpose of talking about this. There's a lot to be grateful for during the holiday seasons. While our family can stress us out, I know a lot of our listeners, we love our family. We love being with them, especially during these times. At the same time, Feelings of grief and loss can come up during the holidays too, as we miss loved ones that maybe aren't with us anymore. Like we said, COVID-19, flu, there's a lot of sicknesses during the winter. So again, family members that might usually come to different holiday gatherings still might be choosing not to. So there's a lot of feelings that are negative and can bring us down, but there's a lot to be grateful for. So I would really encourage everybody listening today to think about at minimum, three things that you're grateful for this holiday season and when the stress comes up, when the anxiety comes up, because we know it's inevitable. Think about those things that you're grateful for, focus on that, and make sure that the different events that you're choosing to engage in, because it is a choice, involve the things that make you happy. 
Beautiful. And ending on that note of gratitude, I am so grateful for you and this conversation today because we're going to take these tools and we're going to get out there and have a fabulous and fun holiday. So thank you again, Emery, for all that you share and sharing your experiences. And it's really kind of fun thinking that you've been involved with facts since you were a young one. And now here you are, the seasoned professional participating with us again. I just love this. So thank you so much, Emery. Thank you too, Caroline. See you next time. Before we say goodbye, I just want to say thank you one more time to ALK for sponsoring Facts Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.